Feeling better? Looking better. Making life better. It's Life Tips. We'll explore the latest innovations, introduce you to the latest products, and bring you the tips from experts and environmental pioneers to help you lead a better life. Life Tips. Making your life smarter, better, faster, wiser. Here are your hosts. Welcome back to the Life Tips Show, everyone. I'm here with Bob Dickey. Bob, welcome. It's great to be on the program today. Thank you for having me. Right on. I'm excited to take the big leap with you. <laughs> yeah. Tell us about the name of your book, The Leap, which, by the way, might be... That was a, did you have to trademark that? It seems like an interesting name for a book that everyone would love to have. And there was a couple other books out there with that particular title, but yeah, I think the subtitle really sets me apart from some of the other ones there in the space. It's really about launching our full-time career in this new part-time economy. And, you know, I, there was what really kind of got me to, to write this book was I took some pretty big leaps in my life and I kind of chronicle those in the books and it really opened up new doors of opportunity. And I found that after the big 2008, 2009, great recession. I saw a lot of people who were being forced to make leaps that they weren't anticipating doing. They weren't prepared for. And so this is more of a a preparation guide for people who might need to pivot and make transitions in their career based on things that are happening around the globe. Got it. Tell us a little bit about who the book is designed for from your perspective. Who can most benefit both from this interview today and and the the book and, and reading it? You know, I talk with people all over the country who are picking this book up right after they've been laid off, they've been out of work for a while, and they're trying to go through the action steps and the preparation steps uh, in that time. It's great for them, but really, when I'm talking to them, I'm like, boy, if you had just read this book or put some of these principles in place before you were in the midst of this transition, your transition would be so much better. So really, the book is written for somebody who right now is feeling safe and secure in their corporate American job or the current job that they're having, but to help them prepare and realize that the game is completely changing. And the way our parents and our grandparents viewed life, viewed their careers is going to be different for us. We're going to have a lot more multiple careers uh, in our lifetime, and we're going to have a lot of career transitions. So there's things that we need to do to be prepared to be able to have success during those transitions. You know, and sometimes we're going to make the transition. We're going to say, hey, we're going to leave job A to go to job B because it's better. But we, you know, we've seen people in the news that walk into a big Fortune 500 company one day and they're being told, guess what? We've gone bankrupt. You're out of work. You've got to be ready on a moment's notice to be able to pivot and go do something else. So how do we get ready? What's that pivot look like? I think first and foremost, it's a paradigm shift in our mind. And I I talk very early in the book about uh, what was considered the old 45-year plan. And if you were to take a look at this U.S. Department of Labor graph, you would see someone who would be starting to enter their career in their early 20s. From their 20s to their, say, early 30s, they would have rapid bumps of pay increases, generally around about the 30 to 34 years of age people normally start leveling off where their earning potential is going to be. And there was a steady state of income all the way up until about 65, maybe 70, when a person would retire. And then they would you know, generally retire with a nice pension 
on about you know, a half or a third of what they were previously making. And there was no interruptions. And that's how my, my grandparents managed their life. They're able to get mortgages and so forth. There's no interruptions in employment, generally speaking. Now, that 45-year plan has been completely blown up in this new global economy with factories being moved overseas, companies downsizing, companies going bankrupt. What we're finding is they're saying millennials that are entering the workplace today are going to have anywhere from 8 to 13 to 14 careers in their lifetime. And those careers may not overlap, meaning there may be gaps of employment anywhere from a couple of months. Back in 2008, 2009, there were people who were out of work searching for work for over a year. So what we have to do, we have to have a mental a paradigm shift, understanding that that's the reality that we're living in, and we need to prepare and engineer our lives completely differently to ensure that we have margin in our life and savings to withstand a gap of employment that may last upwards of a year. So we got to start taking plans right now. Uh, I think another thing that people need to do is constantly uh, uh, adding education and skill sets. You know, our grandparents in the past may have gone to college uh, when they were in their 20s and retained that skill for their entire life. And uh, now if we're not adding new skills every few years, the world's going to quickly pass us by and we're going to become obsolete. So those are just a couple of tips that I have in the book. Good stuff. How do we present this diverse background, project-centered, you know, sort of uh, uh, experience trail, if you will? How do we present that to prospecting customers? What does the resume look like in the future? Well, yeah, that's really, that's a really good question. You know, so a lot of people that I've been counseling around the country, they'll say, well, Bob, you know, I, I, my resume, because of things that have happened, and I've been trying to stay at a company for a long time, but I've got four or five or six different assignments or gigs or part-time things that I've been working on, and it looks like I'm job hopping. It looks like I'm moving around, but I don't want to. Is that going to hurt me? You know, our parents in the past or a grandparent, they may have been at a company for you know, 30 years and never had any type of transition. And so... One of the things that we're finding is that the singular experience is not as powerful as it used to be. Our, our parents and grandparents had a singular experience working for General Motors or GE or some big corporation. Nowadays, we're seeing that people are moving around more frequently. They have multiple experiences. And the way we need to craft that within our resumes and when we're going out looking for new work is look at the vast experience that I have. I have a breadth of experience in industry. I've been able to learn a lot. I, my network has grown. I've learned the benchmarking and trade secrets that, uh, uh, from different industries. I'm able to bring this breadth of experience to your operation to help your operation be better. So I think that in this new economy, breadth of experience is more valuable than a singular experience. Employers often see problems with that. How can you pinpoint what their problems are and, and have some good answers to overcome those? One of the big issues that employers will have is even though they are not making a long-term commitment to employees, they still want employees to be making a long-term commitment to the company. And this is just the way the world works today. I, I know many CEOs who have said, Bob, on a dime, I need to be able to reduce workforce if profitability starts to dip. I need to be able to hire and fire as needed. But they're looking for that new guy that they're hiring in to be able to say, hey, I want to be working here for 
10, 15, 20 years, I'm going to be a company man. So if you're, if that person, if you're one of those individuals who's walking in the front door with a, what we just talked about, a diverse background of experience, you need to be able to sit down in that interview and be able to say, look, I, I have a diverse background, but it's not because I don't know what I want in life or I'm not able to commit, but it's just based based on the work that I've been given. I haven't been able to find that full-time job. I've been doing good work, but I've got this breadth of experience, and I'm looking for a place where I can land, where I can plant, where I can grow, and I can have a future, and I'm hoping that that's what this company somehow let the interviewer know that you're looking for long-term gainful employment and that you're wanting to stay there and that you're not just there for three months until you find a better gig someplace else. Let's take a quick break. Back in a minute, everybody. Life Tips will be right back after this short break. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, so you know their SEO experts. But did you know they can help you with PBC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Is your website hacked? Is your website displaying error messages or loading slowly? Even if there are no signs of malicious activity, your site may still be compromised. Websites, like cars, require regular maintenance to perform at their best and not leave you stranded. At Fjord, our website maintenance experts can help you assess which one of our maintenance plans will best support your needs. Visit FjordDigital.com or call 612-877-3840 and get the support and protection your website and business deserve. That's F-J-O-R-G-E Digital.com. Whether you are an online business or domain name investor, you need access to the best names. With over 270 million domains already registered, finding the right names at the best price requires a great wingman. Namejet.com puts you in the pilot seat by giving you fast and unparalleled access to some of the best premium and expired domain names on earth. As the number one domain name auction platform, Namejet.com is the best place to find domains for your business or investments. So light the afterburners to the domain name aftermarket and fly over to Namejet.com at mock speed to get great domains today. Namejet.com. And now back to Life Tips. Making your life smarter, better, faster, and wiser. Here are your hosts. Here with Bob Dickey. Is there any service that you know about that is a service that you as as a as an employee could hire that could track and, and put you in a, in a track of, of constant advancement and betterment and almost back you like like an agent of like hey you know my work has been analyzed and tracked in this data you know these uh, are you familiar with a company like um, grow.com you know, grow, I'm grow, not. I, I, grow is a roll-up of dashboards, right? Of okay. of performance dashboards, 
they do a really good job of triangulating data from lots of different sources and presenting them with like a performance screen for, you know, C-level and executives to see what's mm-hmm. going on with a company, right? And imagine if if all of the work you had done for all the companies you've worked for could display performance, right, of how you've contributed. And it became something that you as an employee actually contracted almost as a software, as a service to say, yeah, I'm a guy that likes to, I'm a problem solver. I go in and here's what I do at various companies. And I go in for three, six, nine, 12 months, two years stints, however long a company wants me to focus on that. Mm -hmm. And you know, I'll do a contract uh, with you for X amount of time. Let's talk about upfront what's what wants to be accomplished, and 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 agree upon the time frame that it would take to be accomplished. Oh, and by the way, all this data that all of the results I'm doing and the reviews you need to give me reviews every two weeks and 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 nurture me and and these ROI measurements of of your investing in me is going to be tracked through this technology. Does that sound interesting to you? Because it kind of does to me. And have you seen anything yeah. like it? It, it is extremely interesting, and th- there are some things in, in ways in which people are kind of going in that direction out there currently. Let me tell you an example. I sat next to a young man who was graduating from Duke University as a, a computer engineer, and he was being interviewed by Amazon, Microsoft, Facebook, and um, the, the other one is slipping my mind. Uh, but those for sure. And he, we were flying back from Seattle, and I'm, I'm asking him, how are how are they? How do they know what that you're able to do? What you're telling them that you can do? And he said, Look, Bob, in the tech sector, it's extremely simple. What they've actually done, all the work that I've done while I was at, at Duke, all of my computer programming, I load it up to GitHub, and this is a, an online public resource, and they're able to go out there and take a look at all the lines of code, all the problems I've solved, everything. And it's, it's black and white. Either I can do it or I can't. They're looking at my logic, and they're saying, we like the way this guy thinks. We like the way he codes, and that, that's what's getting him in the door. Now when he goes into those institutions, they're standing up. They're not you know, looking at a resume. They're putting him in front of a whiteboard, and they're giving him a problem, and they're watching him write out the algorithm and the computer code on the whiteboard. Can you do it? Can you not do it? It's very, very specific in tech space. So GitHub is a place where a lot of computer programmers are putting that in it's black and white for you know employers to be able to review. Now, for those of us who aren't techies or aren't computer programmers, but we are in the freelance economy, because that's kind of what I talk about in this book. There's this new freelance economy that's being born. Uh, people are having multiple gigs. How are we able to show and demonstrate our skills and our performance in the various things that we're doing? Well, there's websites out there like Freelancer, TaskRabbit, GigWalk, Elance, Etsy, where you're able to advertise your services, whether you're a, uh, an accountant for hire, whether you're a photographer, whether you're a, a writer, you name it. And what happens is when, when you get hired by someone for a short uh, stint, they're able to do a review on you. They're able to say, hey, Bob was great. I, he, you know, he came on time. He did his work fantastic. He was under budget. We'd hire him again. And at you, what happens is you start to build your brand well, of all these various customers and how they're ranking you and rating you on these various message boards. And I go into that very in-depth in the book, the brand that we are building, our personal brand, how people view us, how they experience us, the value that we've brought to customers. That is extremely 
important in this new economy. It's our business card. And so the service that you're talking about even takes that to the next level, but it's something that every single person ought to be monitoring is their, their personal brand and how other people are, you know, ranking them in the job that they're doing out there. Right on. You know, one of the, uh, I want to I want to get some tips and advice uh, for for the listeners in, in just a, a few minutes, uh, but uh, mostly on you know the career search and, and where to look mm-hmm. and, and and why not to be. But before I want to do that, I wanted to mention. So, as it turns out, you you may or not know this about me, but I've actually been in the in the freelance uh, staffing world for like almost twenty plus twenty something years, and. So the first company I started was called Freelance Access. It was a graphic arts placement agency representing designers and freelancers more specifically. And at the time when I started that company back in 1992, resumes were, were, the, were the gateway that companies like MacTemp were representing designers. And that made no sense mm-hmm. to me. So I, I started, I bought a $40,000 Dysub printer as part of my debut, which, which caused later problems with my then wife at the time. And uh, uh, on, on, you know, knowing that there might be yeah. a new way to represent people. And so we had mm-hmm. our, our talent scan in printed samples of their work and, and present uh, and, and, and print out 11 by 17 Dysub prints. And that's what our sales reps took out on the road. We could show the work from the talent we represented rather than mm-hmm. representing them with a resume, right? Yep, so I absolutely. mentioned this to you because this is the future where we're going. Now, fast forward uh, two or three companies uh, later, the current, uh, my, my main job, in addition to uh, one, running these wonderful podcasts at, at uh, Life Tips and doing like 300 of them, plus, um, and, and enjoying this opportunity to talk with smart, smart people like you, is um, the current company is called Writer Access. Same story over there. We represent freelance writers, but now we do it all in the cloud, just like you had described with, with GitHub, in the sense mm-hmm. that all of our writers are performing, uh, you know, tens of thousands of projects every month. We've, we've done, uh, I think we're up to almost 900,000 projects that have completed through the platform. And we're uh, algorithmically scoring writers initially. Um, you know, we, we give writers a star rating when they come in, but the more work they complete successfully, the more they deliver it on the time and the, and, and the fewer revision requests they have, they can algorithmically improve their star ratings and the amount they earn. This is the future. This is the business that I've been in. So I am so with you on this. I thought you'd find that relevant and so with the listeners. My question for you after all of that is, to, is, is the following. Don't you think in the end of the day that we will need a new way that our success is documented? And much like I had created the portfolio access system, how can we do that? You know, is it references alone? Can we create a reference bank? Do you know any software that allow us to, to store testimonials and references and reviews to, to uh, or any platforms that would do this? If, you know, the, the GitHub is great. We actually use that, you know, as, as well when we, when we work with freelancers and hire new, new freelance developers. But what's out there for the marketing folks and the sales folks? And the, and the operations folks, you know, what is out there to summarize someone's background and make a good case that they're worthy of employment? Yeah, I mean, that is the million-dollar question. I mean, there's a lot of services out there that I think that are trying it, and they scratch the surface. They, they have part of the equation but not the, the full equation. So whoever cracks that code and can create something that's like GitHub, 
you know, like, uh, let's say LinkedIn, but it's all merged together and it's for everyone. It's not just for the techie, but it's for the, yeah. the, the, the liberal arts person as well, the marketer or whatever. Right, right. Uh, I think that's, it's going to be, that's potentially a billion dollar concept. Now, right. you know, w- w- of the placement agents and agencies that I've worked with, you know, I, I highlight in the book, 75% of all searches for new employment or for open positions start on LinkedIn. And so that is like the mecca right now mm-hmm. where either internal HR departments are, are leveraging or big corporate placement firms are leveraging. So if you don't have a basically an online resume at LinkedIn with a really robust profile with all of the various you know, recommendations and people who would you know, be re- references for you, uh, I think that individual is really hurting themselves. So it's first and foremost, get that done. But then uh, looking at those other those other software platforms that you've mentioned, I'm going to go out and take a look at Raider Access. It sounds fantastic, and I think you might be onto something, uh, Byron, in terms of you know, building the next generation because it's not quite out there yet. Exactly, and I think that you know corporate America is going through you know some some pretty big challenges now. You know, completing on a global scale, as you imagined. You know, we're a lot of lot of jobs are moving overseas to less expensive environments. How do we compete in this new world? What are your some some tips and advice that you might have on on exactly that? How can we make a case? What what can we do? Even from the simples of looking around for a job, how does that need to change? You know, not being afraid of project work. What what does our mindset need to be over there? Internships, another interesting topic, right? I mean, are experienced professionals going to, you know, look for internships to expand and broaden their their their, their tool set of, of knowledge and skill? What are your thoughts on some of those four questions I just asked you? <laughs> yeah, it, it, well, let me kind of dissect it a little bit, and you, those are very good questions. So let me st- let me start with, I sat down with one of my professors at Harvard. I was having dinner with him and his wife, and he ha- he's been there for 30 years. He's a, a senior executive advisor to the president of the university, one of the smartest guys I know. And he has a couple children, and I asked him, I said, look, what are you recommending for your children to do to be able to compete and to have success in this new marketplace? Because everything is different. And he said, Bob, here are the three things that I think are extremely important. Number one, Everyone has to become a lifelong learner. He said, look, uh, anyone going to college today, within the course of three to five years, everything that you learn in college is going to be obsolete. That's how quickly the world is changing. So if you just go to school, get a degree, and get some skill sets, and that's all you do, very quickly you're going to become obsolete and the world's going to pass you by. So we've got to constantly be adding new skill sets and learning, whether it's going to seminars or reading books, taking MOOCs, so massive open online courses that are online and getting certifications to bolster what we know and stay current within our industry. That's absolutely critical. Secondly, he said, I want my kids to be able to speak a foreign language. It doesn't matter which one, but speak a foreign language because we're entering into a global marketplace. We're no longer isolated either as the United States or Canada or any other country in the world, but everything is moving and merging together. Third and finally, he said, I want my kids to be able to travel, or I would recommend for people to travel, have, have a global perspective, have, know what's going on outside our borders, and not just what you're reading in the Wall Street Journal or the Financial Times, but being able to travel there and understand it, it's completely different. Because I think those three things are extremely critical. And I'd recommend for all, 
all people, regardless of age, young or old. And then, when, then you start talking a, a little bit about, well, how do we, uh, should we be taking internships? And, and I think that there's a multi, multi ways in which individuals can do this. For a young person who's looking to break into a, uh, let's say, an industry or a company, uh, either before or after college, internships are a great way to do it. And even if it's a free internship, unpaid, where you're, where you're working for free, getting in there, making a good name for yourself, showing them your work ethic, show them, showing them your desire, you're going to get to know people on the inside and they're going to eventually call you back and say, hey, we've got a position open, you're a perfect fit for it. But what about those folks who are mid-career or late career and they're needing to pivot, needing to make a transition and they don't really know how to build those contacts with those particular companies? Maybe an internship is not the right thing for them to do. Mm-hmm. What, what I'm finding is one of the best ways to get in, uh, invited and to find opportunities in those companies because most jobs that are available today are not advertised. That's it, it, something that I learned through this process and working with these placement companies. Is So for that mid-career professional, it's volunteering. It's being involved in local community service. It's being involved in uh, not-for-profits and things that are going on. You're going to start rubbing shoulders with other business leaders that are participating in a corporate social responsibility in the, in the community. And as you build your network and they see that, hey, this person is civically minded. They're giving back. They're working hard. Those connections come back with opportunities. And so young people, I think internships are fantastic. And for those mid-career and late career, there's another way to get in the front door of those of those companies, and it's by volunteering and getting involved in our local communities. You've had a very diverse background. I was just reading a little bit about it. Tell us, um, tell us some of the, the the pivotal inspiration points that you've had. It is you've made a couple different pivots yourself. Yeah, I have a little bit of an eclectic background. So I was a liberal arts undergrad, but I have an engineering degree for a master's degree. I, I started out uh, in the United States Air Force as a logistics officer, mm-hmm. and after you know, six and a half years, I pivoted into the private sector, and I was in a. Uh, uh, a for-profit operation. I was the CEO of a company uh, working with uh, the direct sales and network marketing industry, uh, serving a lot of the big companies there. And after about five years of doing that, I pivoted once again with a couple of friends and, and started a company. And we were in the tech sector. Uh, and then I was in the middle of that, launching that company, when I got the opportunity to come on board and be an executive and president at Crown, which is a global not-for-profit. So it's and, and every single time that I pivoted, it wasn't like a slight pivot into something similar. I mean, it was a radical jump into something new. And there was a lot of inherent risk with it, you know, because you're in the back of your mind, you're saying, okay, do I have the skill sets or do I have the competencies to be successful here? And there's a, there's a lot of risk involved. But what I found is after the, the, the first time you do it, it's really scary. The second and the third time you do it, you've kind of built up those muscles and you've inoculated yourself from that fear. And I, it, because of it, I've ha- had more opportunity in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's one of the reasons why I'm encouraging people to take the lead. And that's why I wrote the book is because the more that we do that, the more that we pivot and find new opportunities, we grow muscles that a lot of people, I think, 
you know, are too afraid to, uh, to exercise. And I think in this new economy, uh, it's going to be incumbent upon us uh, to be able to do that. I mean, in the past, you know, people did it because, oh, I think I, I want to do something different. Uh, we, may no, we may no longer have that luxury. We may be forced to do it because of what's happening around us. You know, it's been a real pleasure talking with you, Bob. Two final questions. How can people get a hold of you, and who do you want to hear from? I tell you what, anybody who is in the midst of a transition who might be either fearful, they either want to leap and go start a company, or they want to leap and become a freelancer, and they've got questions on how to do it, that would be, I I counsel those people and talk to those people all the time. Uh, And they can connect with me on my website. It's robertdickey.com. My last name is spelled D-I-C-K-I-E, so robertdickey.com. And I'll answer any question there. I've got a lot of free resources. So things that I've mentioned here on this podcast, uh, I've got uh, in terms of how to add free education, leveraging MOOCs, you know, how to negotiate salary. I've got some uh, free downloads there for people to use. Uh, And you can also connect with me on Twitter, at Robert Dickey. And I I love uh, engaging with people, answering questions, and helping people on their journey. The reason why is I had people along the way. My, my story is not, hey, I just went out there and did this by myself. I had coaches and counselors and mentors who encouraged me along the way. They were paying it forward. I feel like it's my responsibility to do the same for other people who are in that process. And so I find it really rewarding and look forward to chatting with anyone who, who needs help. Well, you've got a great story. We really appreciate your, uh, your being with us today. Thanks very much. Oh, it's been my pleasure. And uh, I wish everybody that's listening the, the best of luck as they uh, – make the pivots and the leaps in their career going forward. Right on. Jump high and jump far, perhaps. And, um, there's probably some, some better way for me to say it, but how would you say it? What would be your few words that you would say to somebody that summarized the book a bit? Uh, I would say, you know, take, have the courage to take the leap, and you will be surprised uh, at where you land and the opportunities that come from it. Now, there's nothing to be, uh, to be scared of. Uh, actually, I think taking the leap is probably one of the safest things that you can do in your in your life right now. Powerful stuff. Appreciate it once again, and thanks for tuning, everyone. We'll see you next week. I hope your life's a little smarter, better, faster, and wiser, and you're ready for the leap. Thanks for tuning in. The opinions expressed are those of the hosts and their guests and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cranberry News Marketing and Cranberry.fm. Rebroadcasts or retransmission of this content without proper consent is prohibited 